coming so up next on building Inherited your Podcast. personal brand mm-hmm. is the first step to like trying to establish a, a connection with the brand mm-hmm. it matters sometimes who you're pouring into right yes. and it matters who's pouring into you from being in the same background or not but uh, a white person may not know their struggle or having a hustle could be totally different from coming from a, a black neighborhood How what's gonna make out? me different yeah. yeah well did i engage with them on social media first a little bit have they seen my name pop up three or four times mm-hmm. have i slid up in their dms and have That's a little conversation <laughs> okay slide on <laughs> up in there Building a legacy, so watch how you study me. You know it's inherited, ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant, consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up, no time for no chilling, man. Building a legacy, so watch how you study me. You know it's inherited, ain't no comparison, stacking up guarantee. Moving so militant, consistent and disciplined. Getting that paper and stacking it up, no time for no chilling, man. Yo, what's going on? It's Sir Gates back with another episode of the Inherited Podcast. Hope y'all doing blessed today. Thank y'all for watching and streaming and wherever you get your podcast. And today, I have another special guest in the building, but I'm going to let her introduce herself and do the honor. So, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing really, really good. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Let her know your name where you're from. Oh, absolutely. So, I'm Mia B. Fanning, and I am from Atlanta, East Atlanta, Stone Mountain, Stevenson High School. And okay. <laughs> Got a little hate in the building already. It's all good. Though. It's all good. So look, um, usually what I do is a little icebreaker. I'm gonna pick a card from this deck, right? I okay. don't know what it's gonna say. I've been through the deck like one time just a little previously, but whatever card I pull, we both gonna answer the question, right? Okay. So let's see what it's gonna say. The first Good card you can pull out. Let's see. <laughs> okay. What is something you like that most people don't? Hmm. Working. Working? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's because I, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. A lot of people are like, why are you always on your phone? You're always, you know, creating content, always doing mm-hmm. this and that. And I'm like, it's because I love it. That's like, a good I thing. love That's my a good job. Thing. That's a good thing. Um, for what me, about you? Uh, I'll have to say maybe something like root beer. People hate root beer, but I love root beer. Yeah. You, you want to want to hate it? Well, I like it in a float. Do you, you don't like floats? Uh, I mean, it depends. I usually uh get like the floats when we had a family cookout. They'll make the, what is it, like key lime floats and all that oh, stuff. But yeah. It's like my root beer plain on uh-huh. ice and nice and cold. You can have that. Such a <laughs> that's, that's what happens when you go to Stevenson. Y'all see that? Wait a minute now. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, good. But so, okay, so we want to get into this conversation today, right? Um, And what I want to do is just take it all the way back to the beginning. You know, young Mia, mm-hmm. growing up, childhood, home, you know, how you grew up. So just um. Take us back to how you grew up and how family was for you in the house growing up. Hmm. Well, my father was a pastor. Mm-hmm. So you let me just set the stage right there. I grew Sick. up in a very uh, traditional conservative environment. Not uh-huh. like extreme, but we went to church on Sundays and went to Bible study That's on good. Wednesdays. Yes, praise the Lord. All <laughs> is well. Um, but it was it was very uh, spiritually connected mm-hmm. inside of my home. Um we did normal things like every other family, mm-hmm. uh, family vacations, uh, be outside running around till the street lights would come on Amen and had the the classic childhood of any uh, any kid growing up in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. I come from privilege. Mm-hmm. I definitely come from privilege. I've, I've realized that as I've gotten older, you know, the more you get exposed to mm-hmm. the outside world, the more you're like, ooh. So what is your definition of coming from privilege? That's a great question. Um, I... 
have never wanted for anything mm. like that I couldn't have. Mm -hmm. Granted, I didn't, we didn't have luxury cars or anything like that, but like there was never a time in my household where the bills weren't paid, where mm -hmm. the lights were going off or the water wasn't coming through. Like we were cared for. Um, like I said, we traveled regularly that's and I know that that's something that, yeah, a lot of people did not grow up with the same experiences that I had. Um, yeah, I'm one of those ones. I was a total opposite. Yeah. <laughs> Barely when we travel, but it was like well, once every blue moon mm. had to struggle. Sometimes the bills were late, stuff cut off. So this is just cool to see wow. um, like two different sides of the spectrum, mm -hmm. seeing how I possibly could have grown up versus how you grown up. So, but saying since you grew up privileged, how did that shape you or um, hinder you growing up as an adult? Because I'm, pre I'm pretty sure Ooh. it has its pros and its cons uh, right. in that lifestyle. So how did that go for you? Uh, I got a culture shock or a mm. wake up call um, when I finally did see like how other people were living. Mm -hmm. um, I in college, I, I really thought that everybody had kind of grew up just like me mm -hmm. until I started meeting new people, making friends, dating and like seeing where other people were coming from and mm -hmm. like, you know, in, in the hood. And I'm like, oh, my, I've never been to the hood before. Mm -hmm. And I sound really like I hope I don't come off as like bougie or but I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware now. And I, yeah. I did not have that sense of awareness until I got to school. So I was very much in a bit of a bubble, even though my parents exposed me to mm -hmm. things it didn't click to me until I started seeing people that like I was laughing with in the calf, like, you know, seeing where they actually came from mm -hmm. and the struggles that they were facing or the toxic environments. Cause that's a whole topic right there mm -hmm. that you they right, were coming from. And I didn't experience those things. So that was a wake up call. Um, in terms of like how my privilege has helped me, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it afforded me my education. I have had no student loans that I'm responsible oh, for. Man. I was blessed. Right. I am blessed. And I know that everybody else, you know, most people can't mm -hmm. say that. So I, I realized that um, economically I have an advantage mm -hmm. over a lot of True. people. And I try to, to just like I'm so grateful for that, that that my parents were in a position to be able to have me graduate from college and not have to be stressed about loans. Mm -hmm. That's true. So socially, did that affect you in some kind of way? They're annoying. Well, once you were finally exposed, right, did you try to. Well, I'm not from where the majority of people come from. Do you try to like seclude yourself a little bit and not act how you usually are? Did it change you in that manner? Or was it just, I'm Mia, that's me, you know, this is who I am? Or was it a little, or let me kind of like dumb it down a little bit, does not stand out as so much? I come from a household where my father, he always says this. He's like, do not dim your light for anybody. Mm, that's good. Good advice. Pops. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. He, he had some really good words there. Um, and so I let my light shine bright, mm. but I'm also humble. Amen. And, you know, I, I practice humility. So it, I'm going to be me in every space that I show up in. I don't. It, mm, there's a topic that just popped <laughs> in my head. Every space that I <laughs> yeah, show up in. Because sometimes it. we, you know, we code switch and I had to go through that mm -hmm. when I was working my nine to five. But but I tend to show up as me. And like no matter if they're friends, they know who I am. They accept me for, mm -hmm. for who I am and where I come from. And I do the same thing for them too. So we just spoke on like having a code switch in a <laughs> nine to five. Was it um like a predominantly like white environment oh, or 100%. black? Hundred percent. It was okay, white. 100%. I went to a PWI college and then I ended up working at that college after I graduated. And the environment was like maybe three of us. Oh man. Four, five at times. I mean, and so it that was a wake up call in itself. Was that like a not an identity crisis, but did it? <laughs> well, maybe was it? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that loud said, yeah. yeah. So how was it just being around? You said, what, four of your own kind, and then everybody else just looked totally different, act different. So what? how did that affect you in that, in that area? Oh, my gosh. It, it definitely impacted me. And it started, before I even got in the nine-to-five environment, it started when I was a student at the school. Mm. So... Granted, there was a small black population and mm-hmm. I was with the black folks, but we were in classes where, you know, it's a majority of white uh, students and professors and maybe you're not feeling as connected to campus mm-hmm. um, I can see that for or sure. getting the help that you might get at like a HBCU, you know. So they were kind of standoffish in that area or just wasn't there it wasn't because there. of your background. Yeah. It, and I don't know at that point, did the campus or the school really understand the, the importance of having that connectivity for the black students? Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's it's improved since then that was back in uh 20 Towns graduate, right? change for sure yeah. for sure <laughs> we're a little bit more um culturally inclusive yeah you know but in no shade to the to the school but um i think a lot of pwis struggle with reaching mm-hmm. like students of color mm-hmm. in those ways Why do you and think i was so? one of them because look at leadership Facts. look at the leaders of these institutions do they look like us are they diverse mm-hmm. typically it's a bunch of white men that's that's true yeah. that's true i can see well, it's like if you, it's, it, I put this same perspective when I go, I see go to counseling and stuff or therapist and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just still, I'm big on mental health, so I do what I got to do to be able to be mentally tough and mentally strong, right? But a roadblock in that was my first uh, therapist was a white guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a he was a good therapist, but it was just certain things that I would talk about. Could he reach you? Yeah, it was like the response was just almost generic, but he wasn't able to just. Um, dive into my issues or traumas because he didn't have that background to understand where some of it could have stemmed from mm-hmm. or came from. He just didn't have a connection. So it was just like, wow, it really opened my eyes to where it matters sometimes who you're pouring into, right? Yes. And it matters who's pouring into you yeah. from being in the same background or not. But uh, a white person may not know their struggle or having a hustle could be totally different from coming from a, a black neighborhood, having mm-hmm. to struggle and hustle coming with um, anxiety, depression, right. and then danger from your own community coming around versus exactly. them. Their struggle may be, hey, you didn't get enough pair of Toms this month or something like that. You just never know, right? right? It's totally different. But so from all of what you were going through growing up from being, you say, privileged and going to these institutions and, of course, getting your education, how did Mia step or touch into the field of content creation? So how did all this transfer? Did it stem from a child where you was always fascinated with cameras or making childhood videos or Mm -hmm. how did that progress from childhood to where you are now? Oh, that's a great question. And you're spot on. It definitely started as a kid. I've always Mm. been uh, the creative one, imaginative Uh type person, um, very innovative. And when I was in, I'll start like elementary school, just for an example on how the the storytelling piece started to come. Mm. You know how kids are. We play with toys and I was a little extreme. Imagination is wild. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would have with my Barbies and like all the toys, any toy was free game. So stuffed animal, Barbies, anything. Mm. Um, I had a whole little world, like my own little (laughs) world happening with these characters. And I would like tell, you know, bring their stories to life. Mm. And, And then I'd be in the car with my family on road trips telling these stories that I've created. Yes, I had my own little world. I was at the Barbies. And I would even, at that point, and it just carried on into like being in middle school where I didn't have the toys with me, but my brain was always creating, like Mm -hmm. creating stories, creating 
concepts, dreaming big. So like I've just always been on this trajectory of building or or developing something. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got to high school, that's when my creativity really got unlocked because mm. I joined the yearbook. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All so, right. The yearbook club did it. <laughs> yearbook how did that happen? I don't know. How did I? I got in there like it was an elective. Mm. And then I ended up going from like just being a student in the class to like becoming the editor of the yearbook for like two oh, wow. years. And, um, and so I did yearbook three times, three years total. Uh, but in doing that, when I came, it things changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the themes that we were doing prior to me getting in there mm-hmm. were good, but my contribution was a little bit, like I said, over the top, mm-hmm. extreme sometimes. Um, we did like a magazine theme and it wasn't just like mm-hmm. your basic magazine. It was like, oh, we're going to go all in. The pictures need to be shot like the magazines. Oh, that are was yeah. on it. <laughs> so extra. And then the senior year, your book was um, Once Upon a Time, Story Time. I've always been fascinated with like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I look back at, at what I was able to accomplish in your book, and it all makes sense in, in, in where I'm at right now. It's, mm-hmm. again, creating content, uh, taking pictures, copywriting, uh, bringing stories to the forefront. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been doing that. And then I graduated from high school uh, and needed to go to college and figure out what my major was going to mm-hmm. be. But I was so determined to, like, not do mass communications in college, really? that's what, which yeah. is stupid <laughs> because that's my, I was like, well, if I'm going to school, I didn't want to go to college. I did not want really? to go. I did not. My parents like, had that, to uh, make me go. In your, in your household, was that the, the basic structure where you come from as far as go to college, school, college, job? Okay, so at least had the other option. Mm. Okay, that, that's still good. <laughs> but when you said, um, like, we were in one yearbook club, right? Uh-huh. And you felt as if you were doing extra on this and that. Looking back now, do you feel as if you were being extra or was that really required to create great content? Or do you still feel I was just over the <laughs> I top? I was being extra. Okay. So you must be doing some <laughs> extravagant stuff in high school. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> well, it's all good. But so from that content, now you're specializing in UGC, correct? Yeah. So can you explain to the viewers and listeners exactly what that is and what it entails? Absolutely. So UGC stands for user generated content. Mm-hmm. It's been around forever. It's mm-hmm. just now popping off to where everybody is talking about it as a form of uh, marketing or an additional side hustle or, or just it, it's it's really it's it's different from influencer marketing. Mm-hmm. And if you know influencer marketing, you know, that's dependent on like the face and your you, who you are and um, how you establish yourself online, your social media following, all those things is kind of associated with. But with UGC, what's so special about it? And like I said, it's been around forever. People mm-hmm. just don't know, like you're a UGC creator. Mm-hmm. You sure are. You just Thank haven't you probably, I don't know right. if you can get paid for it or not. Yeah, not but, shit. You're just not getting back <laughs> to you're, you're but, um, but it's because with UGC, it doesn't depend on your following. Mm-hmm. It doesn't depend on your level of influence and how you can drive people to, to make a purchase like from your own personal social media profile. It mm-hmm. is dependent on the content, solely on the content that you create. Mm-hmm. And then you give it to a brand and the brand runs with it. And that content can be anywhere from like still photography, you know, photos, mm-hmm. um, videos. It can be testimonials. I always use this example. Have you ever gone to like a fast food restaurant mm-hmm. and they give you a receipt and on the receipt, it's like, take this survey mm-hmm. and you'll get a free chicken sandwich. Have you done the that? Time. Yep. All the time. I maybe have not done the survey, mm-hmm. but I read but it all the time. It. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you were to have done the survey and you submit that survey and they have a little box that's just like, do you give us permission to share your testimonial or your photos with mm-hmm. the world? And you do that. And then at that point, like you've done UGC and right. all you got in you exchange for it, it was a chicken sandwich. Wow. You didn't get paid. <laughs> 
I never thought about it like that. <laughs> so we're all creators. <laughs> okay. So, well, what was your your entry level or the entrance into UGC for you? What was the first either project or gigs you worked on to say, hey, this is actually UGC. I can get paid for and I'm going to go full throttle ahead to do this. So what was that for you? Hmm. Trying to think what my first one was kind of like stepping away from just, well, not stepping away. So let me think. Let me take a second. Take your time. Take your time. If you, like, you may have done work. a lot. So yeah. yeah, I'm like, I'm really trying to think because I know that I I did a lot with um, like with tech companies, mm-hmm. but it was more so like that was influencing. And then I started looking at this is probably what happened. So it's not going to quite answer your question, but it'll mm-hmm. take I'm going to take you on a journey. Um, I started as a, an influencer mm-hmm. and I was already creating content, putting it on my page. What I did was I shifted the way I was looking at the content that I was creating. And Mm -hmm. I started to see that this Mm -hmm. is content that whether I'm posting it on my social media page or not, that brands will want to use. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't even thinking at that time about it being UGC. I was literally just creating content off of the whole idea of like, hey, I I would post this on my page anyway. But Mm -hmm. like now, hmm, let me take these little clips and actually see will a brand use them for their social media? Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of like a client, and I'm struggling to think of whom would have been that first one. Well, I guess instead of your first name, your favorite to date. Hmm, That I can talk about. um, (laughs) Uh Because no, there's one brand and I'm, I can't wait to share y'all share who I'm working with. It's big. It's like Just my call biggest them brand. brand anonymous. Brand anonymous. <laughs> I'm so excited about that one. It hadn't come out yet, so uh-huh. I can't talk about that one. But I can say this actually: the Hyatt Regency, okay, which okay. was another big brand. It is. Um, that was one of my favorite partnerships, and it was a travel partnership um, encom- encompassed with like. Um, and you asked actually. Let me stop because you said paid. Mm-hmm. You said paid, and mm-hmm. that was gifted, but it was like a free stay at mm-hmm. a luxury hotel for like four nights. So that how did that, what was that process like? How did it get connected? What did you actually have to do for that to come to fruition and then see the end result for that? So building your personal brand mm-hmm. is the first step to like trying to establish a, a connection with the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's whether you're doing it as an influencer or if you're doing it as a UGC creator, like you should have some kind of presentation. So I'm mm-hmm. big on like, do you, you know, are you looking or walking the talk that you're trying to like, you know, present to these brands? Mm-hmm. If they look at your social media um, or your website, do you reflect what you're trying to get them to buy into? Mm-hmm. And so that was mm-hmm. important, uh, was building my brand. And so I did that. Um, and then of course, creating content. So a lot of people are like, how do I get into the game? Like, I want to work with brands and mm-hmm. and have these partnerships. And I'm like, well, start with creating content. Act as if you've already that's got right. the the deals. And yeah. that's what I did. Like, that was honestly one of the first things that helped kind of start getting people to send me stuff mm-hmm. and um, even presenting the opportunities of paid partnerships. It was just the fact that I got my phone, mm-hmm. my dusty phone, mm-hmm. and I was creating content. <laughs> it's dusty. <laughs> um, and I started creating content and like... Uh, and pitching it. And that was the part. Like you got to, so you, mm-hmm. you build your, your relationship or you build your brand. Then you got to start building a relationship, cultivate the relationship with the brands, um, mm-hmm. show people that you're even doing what you're trying to get, get them, like I said, to buy into. And then um, in that pitch process, it all comes down to like authenticity mm-hmm. if you want to be successful. Mm-hmm. Because brands are getting contacted like every day, all day, yeah, all bet, kinds yeah. of messages. Like you, you know, you run a business mm-hmm. and people are like, um, you know, 
hitting you up all the time. Like, it leave me alone. Leave right. me alone. And that's how the brands <laughs> feel. So, like, when you approach them, you have to think, like, okay, if this is someone who's seen 15,000 emails today, what's going to make out? me different? Yeah. yeah. Well, did I engage with them on social media first a little bit? Have they seen my name pop up three or four times? Mm. Have I slid up in their DMs to have that's a little conversation? <laughs> okay, slide on up in there. Um, and then it's like, you know, asking the question or pitching it, like, hey, you know, have you guys thought about working with influencers or UGC creators? Like, it's, it's so simple, mm. but those little key steps is what will help you, like, actually make it happen, you okay. know, versus just being spammy. So do they have, when you're working with um, other brands, are there certain requirements you have to meet or is it just really, hey, this is what I got. I'm shooting my shot. You like it or not, this and that. Or do you guys go in there with a game plan of, I know what this brand may want, so let me specifically do this and that. Or is it just, when you first get started... Just make some content, UGC, and send it to them. So how does that process actually work? It's a little bit of all three of what you oh, just man. named. It's a, it's a mixture. And you got to also think about the brand and their personality. Mm-hmm. And, like, some brands are super social online. Like, they they welcome everybody. And there's mm-hmm. others that's, like, they seldomly post. It's a little cold. You got to be able to see, like, see where they're at and try to meet them where they are. So, mm-hmm. like, yes to creating the content. Just create, create, create. Always. That's going to be something I always going to encourage people to do. Um, but when you're looking to like approach a brand, mm. sometimes it's not wise to slide in the DMs. Why, why so? Again, look at their personality, how mm. they're, they're presenting themselves online. Is it cold? Is it warm? Is it welcoming? Are they even encouraging you to like comment on their stuff and mm. like engage with them in the DMs? Like, are they, or if they, or are they just like, uh, cause you think about it, there's maybe some luxury brands, maybe a little bit more, um, like Chanel, for example. Mm. Probably okay. wouldn't slide in Chanel's DMs. I mean, like you could, but I'm just saying like there's a more another approach that you could take. Maybe you're looking online for who their marketing director is, like on their website, who their social media manager is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then you're d- connecting with them, whether that's on LinkedIn or like if you found their email address, then you kind of go that route, build a relationship because um, they get thousands, millions. Think mm-hmm. about how many DMs they're getting they're on a daily I can basis. They're flooded with it. Yeah, so like, and, I, sure. and it, it, it does help if you go the route of like looking at the website and getting that information that way, like the contact info. Mm-hmm. Um, but the DM approach, it, this has been very helpful for me, especially with like travel brands and small businesses mm-hmm. because they're probably not getting flooded. Does that DMs. works best for you? Like as far as like success rate, do you see more success when you reach out to um, the number two, three, or four person or going directly to the brand itself. So what, what do you think, if you were to give mm. some advice on that, which one, even though they may play hand-in-hand, depending, like I say, on the brand, but where have you seen more success in securing a deal or securing a job versus the two-man, three-man, four-man, or going to the source? So I have seen the most success in the DM approach. Mm. I have. (laughs) (laughs) I have. I I really have. Um, But it also, again, it it depends on who you're targeting. So, like, Mm -hmm. for some of my bigger partnerships, they are finding me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not having to, like, slide into their DMs like that. They're finding me. But it's the smaller ones. Like, if I want to, you know, have a vacation to someone, whoever, wherever, Mm -hmm. I can't even think of a name, Chicago. Um, If I want to go to Chicago and stay for, like, three nights or four nights, and I'm going to look at either hotels that are out Mm. that way or um, vacation rentals. And I'm going to engage with them on social media first because I want them. I'm giving y'all so much game right now. Right. I'm sitting here (laughs) taking mental notes myself. And you need to be doing this. Like, (laughs) you need to be doing this. But yeah, so like I would would reach out to these companies 
uh, and like a couple of their posts and like try to engage and be authentic. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing this to everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, and again, don't be spammy, but like reach out, talk about what you like about the property, present mm-hmm. the idea. Cause some of these people uh, running these accounts haven't even thought about how this can help them. And it's That's up to point. you to show them how it can be beneficial. And this is where like having a, uh, portfolio. Remember when I said create the content? Yes, ma'am. Create, create, create. If you have all this content that you've created, like that resembles this travel-based brand, like show them the content, mm-hmm. but the so they can see themselves in what you're trying to like offer them. That's a good point. There are I won't call them like low-level brands, but they may just have a, a basic process of how they're promoting and marketing their business. Mm-hmm. But someone like you really can come along and spark that light bulb. Like, man. This is some dope content. And now yeah. that's just a, either a bigger opportunity for you or a bigger bag for you. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're making your content, right, are you, how judgmental are you when you look back at what you say? <laughs> are you like this, that if it's not perfect, it's not going or not saying settle for good enough, but just how crucial are you when you judge your own content before you send it off or shoot your shot with people? Have you seen my content? I have. I have. You know I don't care. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't. You know, the past few videos, you were just like, man, you know what? I'm just about to do it. And yes. this is me. And it's good to, to be free spirit in that way. Because like you say, it shows them your personality mm-hmm. and who you are and your vulnerability, right? And they may connect even more to that because you're just expressing yourself. But so you're just like, on a one in 10, are you just that? Well, you say you don't care. But if you had to number it, what would you be at? And content judgment for yourself. Okay, content judgment for myself right now. Like 10 being the... I guess the, the most critical, that's the, that's the hardest, the most critical on yourself. Okay. Zero. Wow. I'm okay. at a point Makes in my sense. life, if you'd <laughs> asked me this question two years ago, uh-huh. completely different. Um, but right now, like, I love the way that I'm showing up online. Mm. I love it. It feels authentic. to It's to my core. Mm. And so, like, even my flaws, even when I've completely just messed up and, mm. like, like, last night... I accidentally posted a video that I didn't add the captions to. I didn't edit. Like I was just looking at it and I I accidentally pressed share. And I was just like, well, let's just see how this works out. That is good. You had that space. Because, well, so what changed? Because when you said if I were to ask you two years ago versus now, there had to be something Mm -hmm. in the middle to where you had to say, let me stop doing this to myself (laughs) or this and that to get to this point to where, you know what? It is what it is. This is me. I'm showing up as me, whether you like it or not. So, Mm -hmm. What was that pivotal moment that made you just sit back and give yourself that talk, whatever it was, to switch to that mindset? Okay. So there were two things. First one, um, so, you know, my father passed. Sorry to hear that. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So him him passing uh, woke me up in, in ways that I couldn't have even imagined mm. a couple years ago. And it made me start to look at myself and the, the things that I was doing and, and the person that I had been prior mm. Um, I was looking at me differently and I was like, is this me? Mm-hmm. Is this the the me that I want people to know? Mm-hmm. And, and I started really thinking even more critically on my legacy, which I'd already been focused on. But mm-hmm. now I was just like, who do I want? Like, how do I want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. And is this real? Is this authentic to my core? And, and who is Mia? Mm-hmm. Not who is Charles Benefield's daughter, right. Mia, the pastor's kid. You know, so I that was one of the pieces that in my mind was working. Mm-hmm. And then I had been on Instagram for years, you know, doing the same old thing, you know, just trying, trying, trying to, to grow my brand. And I had a couple of videos that would go viral. I had clients coming in. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say, you know what? I've done Instagram. I've quote unquote semi-mastered it. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to focus on another platform. This shift changed the game. You know what wow. platform I went to? 
TikTok? Oh, I sure did. Because guess what? <laughs> they don't care on TikTok. People yeah. don't care. It's just like, it's it's carefree and you just post and you go and you have fun and it's a community. And like, I started just feeding into TikTok mm -hmm. and all of the content that I was posting on TikTok, I just started repurposing over to Instagram and was like, I don't even care if Instagram doesn't like this mm -hmm. content, I'm going to give it to them. And I started doing that and I felt like the shackles of the Instagram um, police and algorithm yeah, yeah. and all the things you're supposed to do on the gram to grow. Mm -hmm. It just like fell off of me. It's tough to get out of that. Cause I know even with me just being a content creator, it's like you want to do your due diligence, due diligence and do your research and right. look at the algorithm and see what do I need to do to go viral. But things have changed so much. And again, TikTok was that game changer. When it came out, of course, my first thought was, TikTok is for kids, it's for young people. Uh -huh. So it took a while to even try to Get open them. that app and use it because <laughs> all you seen was the kids and this and that. But it just took for over and over the people to say, go to TikTok, mm -hmm. go to TikTok. And especially Gary Vee, he, uh, mm. he shoved that down my throat so much as watching <laughs> his content hit TikTok. So that was when I started to really look at it to um, use it as a different route of marketing mm -hmm. and branding. But yep. going through that journey of that change, were you going through anything like mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? Like, were there any roadblocks to where you was like, you know what? I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. Forget content. I'll go do this and that. So would you have any have any of those moments throughout your journey? For sure. Um, ne never a moment where I thought about quitting. Never that. But my mental has been messed up mm. since he passed. Mm. And to this day, and I do not want to be emotional because it's my makeup right. looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, to this day, like I'm still going through the aftermath of him passing. Mm -hmm. And then the crazy thing is shortly after he did, not even a year, um, my aunt, who was like a mother to me oh, as man. well, she passed too. So it was like two pivotal figures in our family mm -hmm. stripped away from us. And like life, just, life has been crazy. And so um, mentally... I have not been okay. Mm -hmm. And I almost feel like I'm a, a you know, that term functioning depressed yeah. person. Uh -huh. That's me. Just still getting through day to day, knowing what you're yeah. going through behind closed doors. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, but we've been trained and conditioned in, um, in my family. And I believe just in the black culture to push through. Yep. Put that mask on and keep going. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. That's what we do in the workforce. That's what we do in our relationships, our households. Like that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, but, but it has been a struggle. Mm -hmm. And there are days where I'm like, I just want to lay in the bed and be under a blanket. And mm -hmm. and I don't want nobody to talk to me. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. So how do you <laughs> how do you get through that? What is your mental process or the steps you take to say, let me get back to my Wusa and come down in, a, in a, a place of mental peace, like meditation, prayer, taking walks? What is Mia's formula to gather herself to get back on path and get that motivation and dedication back going and discipline. Okay. So this is the funny part. Remember when you asked me um, earlier, like, what do you like to do that most people don't mm -hmm. like to do? So work. And wow. it's, it sounds really bad when I say it out loud, but again, it's, it's creating content and this can be any kind of content mm -hmm. gives me a sense of joy, whether mm -hmm. it's music or that was one of the things that I tapped into. This oh, last. We don't get to that. Too. I, hey. I see. I see. <laughs> Whether it's music or um or making you know TikToks and reels and mm -hmm. and like that sparks happiness in me. Mm -hmm. um, of course, shopping and traveling those are things. So uh, those are given, huh? Yeah, and like self care, going to the spa, stuff like that. Like that definitely mm -hmm. helps. But in those moments where I'm just like like leave me alone and let me just be, mm -hmm. I that's literally what I need is to, to be left alone. So you're not a type like get secluded and quiet or something going on. You're pretty much let me do something as far as work. What are you using work? to suppress those emotions or is it just real legit like 
work is this, what is this going to fulfill me? Or is it, or is it a coping me- mechanism to what you're going through? I think it's a little of both, uh-huh. honestly. Like, yeah, I would say both. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I love what I'm doing, but I'm also like, I, I keep busy because it allows me to not have to think about reality mm-hmm. as much too. And so it can be good or bad, but mm-hmm. um, that's where I'm at right now. That's cool. That's cool. I mean, everybody has their ways to, again, to get through their traumas and troubles. Like for me, I'm a person where if something's going on, like they know, you, you'll see it on my face and I'll shut down and get quiet. Cause I'm a thinker. Mm. So it's just, <clears throat> excuse me, how I process stuff. I really got to think about it kind of strategize and get through. So I find myself, stressing myself very thin because I, I love to Same. work as well, but it's just like, because I know where I want to go in life and my goals, it's hard to not do the work. I know it takes this work yeah. to get there. So when people <laughs> say, take a break, God, relax. Like, like yeah, yeah. But it says, not what for, but it's going to take me that much longer to get, to to get this job done when yeah. I'm not sitting here focused, locked in, being disciplined, being consistent with what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. working is just one of those things where I don't have time to party. I don't have time to club. If anything, you catch me at a bar for an hour or two and I'm back at home, laptop working back open, again. working. It's just a quick breather. But other than that, I'll go for a walk, mm-hmm. go um, to a lake and probably throw a rod out, fish a little bit, just oh, sit there cool. for a quiet and a peace of mind. But things like that are very important to just get your mental balance back to be able to get through life, right? Mm-hmm. So I encourage anybody who's listening or watching to find you something to do to help you get through those tough times right. to get through your life. But go back to you. So, right. You've picked up, not picked up. I don't know how long you've been singing. All right. You just brought <laughs> that up. So how did that come about for that, I guess, jump from not from UGC to including singing? So you want to make a career out of it or is just a hobby right now for you? This is definitely going to be another addition to my. Okay. And to the repertoire. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I, it's funny because as a child, I could always like sing. Oh, so it was in you already. Yeah, but it was never developed. Mm. I wasn't really in, you know, voice lessons or like in a choir much. Like oh, just by asking, were you in a church? Yeah, choir, so I really wasn't. And even though, yeah, I'm like, I grew up in the church, but mm. that gift was not developed. And um, my mom kind of had a fear, not kind of, still probably does, <laughs> um, of the <laughs> industry. And like, she's like, you know, you don't want to go mainstream and do all this and what, that. What's and, the biggest fear? Uh, just, you know, that it, it can be uh, dark yeah. and it can be. Mama's there's, right. Mama's there's right no about lie that. to it. Yeah, yeah, it can be dark and that, um you know, those contracts and lawyers and all the, the right about to that sell too. your soul and all that. And it's real. Mm-hmm. It is real. But um so that was kind of like her concern. And I, I a part of me feels like maybe that was a, one of the reasons why that gift of mine was never really pushed to the forefront as mm-hmm. a child. And I was not like when going through college, I wasn't thinking about music. I wasn't like doing any of that. Um, mm-hmm. What what made me get to this point where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Um, was that shift? Like I said, dad died mm-hmm. um, and I was in a different kind of place mentally. Uh, I was working. I had clients. I had took one trip with a client and um, and it was my first time like fly, flying first class. And like it was just I got exposed mm-hmm. to some new things, new ways of thinking. And that experience like once I came from that trip and while I was on the trip actually on the plane Mm -hmm. I was writing like I was writing two songs had been written by the time I got off the plane Mm -hmm. and um and I hadn't done that before like I always had thought about the idea of like hmm that was the first time writing writing a song Mm -hmm. in the first class and I was like 
First Shoot, class, first nice. song makes right. sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is nice. And so, um, and so it sparked my my creativity and my push. And then I got home. I was like hitting, you know, producers up and was like, hey, I need a beat. I need this. I need that. Okay, and let's then. go and get to it. And I didn't think twice about it. It was mm-hmm. just like, let's just do it and see what happens. And because I was in that state, like I said, showing up with my TikToks, just like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just see what happens with life because you only got one life to live. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what pushed me into this this next stage of my life where I'm about to. So do you do plan this. to your first thing is going to be just a single or album for a project EP? What you think? Well, the first thing we're going to do is release a single. Got you. And then we're going to see what happens. Is it already <laughs> but, done? Uh, yeah. Yep. It's okay. done. It's been mixed and mastered. Um, oh, you are, you are here working oh, already. I'd be moving. I'd be moving. <laughs> so, um, and I don't know how much of what I can talk about, too. So, that's kind of mm-hmm. why I'm, like, stepping around. Um, but good, yeah. it is mixed and mastered. Uh, and hopefully, I think maybe today or tomorrow, I'll have the official version. We got the cover art. Okay, like, yeah. it's. So when it's should be your um, looking forward to be released? When should we see it? July. It? July. It'll be July. Probably like I mean the end of July. Oh, you're gonna make everybody wait for it. I might let y'all hear it before we leave. You doing any visuals for it? Oh, I definitely want to hear it before we leave. <laughs> you already said it now, so you gotta hear it. <laughs> Plan um, on doing visuals? Yeah, definitely gonna do some visuals. I haven't done it yet. So that's like these next couple weeks. Once I take these braids out and get my hair done, um <laughs> <laughs> then I can do some visuals. But yeah, I mean to promote the track, it's it's a necessity at this point, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So it's it's dope to see that you're not um just a one track, one mind person. It's multifaceted. So we got to UGC mm-hmm. and also um, singing. So what do you think is going to carry the most weight for you? Strictly just content or are you about to really just jump into the music um, industry and try to make mm. that the main thing for you? Which is more, I guess, important right now for you? Uh, I believe that the music is what's going to really help push everything else to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's going to make the most noise. Okay. And so that will not only help like on the music side, but it'll help with my content agency. It'll help with um, the students trying to learn how to do UGC, mm-hmm. people who need help learning how to build their brand, like all these different things that I've been creating mm-hmm. and and um, or curating all this time. Like that music is going to help drive people to pay attention mm-hmm. to the educational resources that I've been trying to create, Facts. you know. And I, I believe that that is that's what's going to help all of these things. Do you like think it uh, help or hinder the creation of your content though? Because music takes a lot of work, mm-hmm, uh, focus, especially when things get going for you. Right. You know, rehearsal, studio sessions, practice. So, do you think it's going to help you more? It's going to hurt you, or you think you have a good hand on the balance it's going to take to get both of those out at the same time? I believe that I will be able to manage. Mm-hmm it in some way. I don't know how and what that looks like, but I also know I'm going to need a team. Facts. <laughs> I am going to need a team, but like creating content is so easy for me now. Mm-hmm. Like it is so easy. Second nature. Yeah, much. second nature. And it doesn't require much, like because I'm not thinking of it as this complicated thing, which is what a lot of people do is like they overthink their content. Mm-hmm. Everything is content, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. Which it, is why when I came up in here, I'm like, let's get this, 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 these shots, throw that thing together. Thing, right. <laughs> Because it's easy nowadays. It's just the the restrictions of what's content and what's not yeah. has been broken. That yes. barrier was pretty much gone. Because once you only had TV, mm-hmm. film, the news, that was just the the path you would take. Not take those paths, but what you would try to copy and do, put it right. out just like that. But now because of social media and again UGC, you're free to do whatever you want. Because now it's like we have the power yep, a little bit more over 
the industry and the businesses without mm-hmm. us, what are they, right? They need the people, they need the the consumers to exactly. get their product to make that content to help them push and push and push and keep going. Mm-hmm. So now we have the power and it's our hands. So good luck to y'all. <laughs> but for me, right? So what do you have going on now that you want to get any announcements or that you have to promote to the people listening and watching right now? So mm-hmm. I, I personally have seen it know, but in case they don't know, let them know what you got going on. Because it's, it's big and I've seen it. And it's beautiful, too. <laughs> oh, that. I was like, what What else do I have going on? I have so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let it all. Let them know it's all for good. Real, I was like, we talked about music. We talked about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so we have the content house that is. That's what I'm ready to hear about. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Yep, um, it's in East Atlanta, Stone Mountain, not far from Stevenson High School. Yeah, you uh, for sure. <laughs> um, it, and it's been a it's been a project. It's been mm-hmm. um, a blessing in seeing it develop. I've mm-hmm. teamed up with my brother, mm-hmm. and we've made a whole bunch of mistakes, but we've also got a whole bunch of other things right. Um, mistakes in, in is terms the best of, teacher. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, the renovation process in itself of like trying to to take a house that was in decent shape, but just not really ready for like people Mm -hmm. to come through and like create, Mm -hmm. um, trying to get that in position has been a journey, but well worth it. Um, I think we have about, mm, maybe somewhere between like five to seven sets in the house. Yeah. And, um, and, and I designed all of them. Like I, I'm not a decorator. Doesn't that feel good though? It's like, you know, (laughs) you took your time to to build this thing and you're responsible for doing it. Just like my vision in my head is now out here in the real world. Like it's, it's tough to find (laughs) real visionaries to be able to say, Hey, I dreamt this. I thought of this with the guy put it in my mind or not, but now I can draw it as ugly as I want to on paper, but when you finally see the, the fruition of it, mm-hmm. it is here. But that is dope. So what influenced you? What made you really want to open up a content house? Like what was the that groundbreaking decision where like, hey, this is needed. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to do it. So where did that start? I always knew, like when I started House of Bequest, that mm-hmm. I wanted to have a content studio. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was going to be a house, mm-hmm. but... I always knew. I was like, I want to create a place where creatives can come and create content, tell their stories, like where it's just easy, mm-hmm. easy to show up and like there's help. Um, so like if people wanted to work with me directly, then they can mm-hmm. work with me. Or if they just want the space for themselves to so come in and do their thing, like I always wanted that. So it was always a part of the dream. I just didn't realize that it would happen mm-hmm. um, when it did. And that even that is as bittersweet as it is, uh, is a a reflection of my aunt passing. Mm-hmm. I didn't buy that house. Mm-hmm. It was an opportunity and I seized it. And we just got done talking about seizing opportunities. I promise you before you came. Mm. <laughs> I promise you. Look at God. He's working <laughs> I on promise he's you. Working. He's working. But yeah, I mean, it, it, that it, I didn't expect to be in this position where like that's happening right mm-hmm. now. And I'm, I'm going to run with it and see what we can, you know, do with it mm-hmm. while it's available. And and we'll go from there. It's going to go up for sure. I know it is. It's going to go up. Because, again, I got the photos I've seen. It's beautiful inside of there. <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm definitely going to come book yes, and see it in person. I promise you I will. Because when I seen it, I'm like, man, I've been following the journey from you seeing you painting and building stuff <laughs> and putting this net up. But just seeing from the start. Cabinets. Right. That's the, thing, that's the first video I had seen you explaining about those cabinets. But everything looking good, though, from what I'm seeing. Thank but I you. definitely want to see it in person, though. To get the real feel of the feng shui and the ambiance oh, inside yeah. of the house. So I'm sure it. it's beautiful. But so right now, if you could speak to young Mia, right? Before you grew into the woman you are today, before you have the knowledge you have now, what would you tell her to get her 
to either back to where you are now or to a better point in life. So what would you tell yourself? Hmm. Enjoy the journey. Mm. That's a good, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about my journey. Mm. While I hate like that my dad's not here anymore. Mm -hmm. Lost my aunt, you know, like I hate these things. Like, I, I truly believe that I'm where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. in this season of my life. God don't make no mistakes when you put you in those seasons. Exactly. I'm you. And it's like, it sucks. It's, I mean, I've been mad at God. We've been mm-hmm. fighting. We have been fighting. We're going to still fight a little bit more. That's how it is. Yeah. That's how you be that relationship, too. It's like, when I, when I treat God, that's my homie. You know, right. and I learned even through prayer, right? Prayer and fasting. Just not to sit down and just, you know, pray for all the things you just want, right? right. The same right. thing over and over, but versus. Like talking to him as if that's your He's best friend, man. whether you cry, whether you yell, may let out a couple of curse words every now and then, but it's like he still loves you anyways, right? right? But he wants that relationship with you to be like, hey, I can come to you about anything mm-hmm. as your heavenly father. So it's just, and that that's also helped me in my career, just mm-hmm. being able to go take on that journey to actually and consciously grow with him. Right. It changed my life, especially fasting. That was I've seen so much come out of the end of a fast. It's crazy. But and I also learned to where I don't do it now to receive that. But it just helped me build the saying no, saying no to the temptation, mm. saying no to things I don't need to do. So mm-hmm. it changed my mind growing up as a man to where if you feeling like you're down and out and you're kind of off track, starve your flesh to the, to the maximum without killing yourself. Because some people do, let me, let me be Jesus and go 40 days of just water. But <laughs> consult the do doctors that. first. <laughs> but nonetheless... <laughs> Fasting is a game changer. Mm-hmm. It just it clears your mind. Whatever impurities you may have going on inside, it just dilutes you of all of that stuff. And you'll be surprised that. that the revelation you are here through whether you do it for three days, four days, or a week. But if you're really intentional with it, mm-hmm. you're going to hear back. God speaks to you through people, through messages, through signs, through songs, whatever you may hear. But when you fast, you have that clarity and all those distractions are going to hear and to propel you in life. So, but... What you just said you're going to tell yourself was great advice. What I want you to do now is just speak to someone who maybe listened to this podcast, of you in this podcast, who wants to walk into your shoes or in your path to be the maybe king of UGC now, the queen, the princess, you know, jack of all trades. (laughs) So how would you guide them into creating better content or to even getting to the point where you are now in their career and to give them the motivation to not quit and to keep going? It's not going to be easy. You're going to be so frustrated at times. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to throw in the towel. You're going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. When you're in that moment, take a second, step back, breathe, and get it together. Get it together and keep going. Mm. Because if you quit, if you quit, you're going to look back one day and you're going to be like, dang, I was this close. One thing I like to tell people, especially when it comes to... um to creating content, you could be one video away from going viral and your life could just change in a second. One video and watch it be the one that you decided not to post. The one that you just were like, this isn't good enough. Nobody's gonna like this. Like, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. And I would say "Mm, for business, don't be afraid to ask for help. Help is always um, wanted it. What is it with Hogwarts? Help me. Who's a Harry Potter oh, fan? Yeah, I, I've seen a couple of movies, but yeah. given to 
people at home were help me. You we'll, know what we'll I'm trying to say. <laughs> 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 Dang, I had to get it out. But yeah. Um, but yeah, help is out there. Like help is available and um, and you don't know everything. So like seeking a business coach, mentors, um, connecting with like-minded individuals, like these are things that are going to help you be successful in the long term. And when in doubt, trust your gut, mm. be authentic, show up as yourself, 100% in your content and don't overthink this stuff. Mm. It's not that difficult. A1 advice, A1 advice. So if you're going to wrap it up, but before you leave, just tell them they can follow you on Instagram, social media, and any announcements you want to announce uh, to the people. So. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all the handles um, at Mia B. Fanning. Uh, you can also check out my artist page at That Girl B. Fan. Let's get it. Because uh, we got something special coming in July. So y'all stay tuned. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to talk about it. You might have to bring me back just so we can talk about it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, and that's really it. I mean, I've got a whole bunch of resources on my, my profiles, but I don't want to overwhelm you. If you like my vibe and this energy, come check me out. Y'all make sure y'all check it out. The vibe and energy is great. So look, I want to thank y'all for watching. Make sure you follow me on all social media at Sir Gates BC across the board. And tune into the Inherited Podcast and follow that on all social media. N-H-E-R-I-T-D. That is N-H-E-R-I-T-D. Inherited. And thank y'all for tuning in. And y'all have a good one. Salute. Until next time. We out. <laughs>